Go with me to Ephesians 4, verse 23 to 27. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to put something on tonight. Come on. You've got to put something on tonight. Ephesians 4, verse... 23 to 27, let's read. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Wait, I want to back up to verse 22, I think. Let me start from verse 22. No, wait, let's go further back. Verse 20. Tell your neighbor he's putting it in context. Amen. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, time. You are today what you did with your time in the previous years. Ouch. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on, everybody say, put on. We're waiting for God. God's waiting for us. Tell your neighbor, God's waiting for you to do what? Ask them, to do what? Put on the new man. Come on, family. This is very important, extremely important, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I mean, we can spend a lot of time on that verse. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true, look, righteousness and holiness. It's already created, the new man. We're going to unpack that a little bit. Let me go to verse 27. Therefore, put away lying. There's no such thing as a white lie. It's a lie. Exaggeration is a lie. Exaggeration is a lie. Exaggeration is a lie. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbour, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. That means don't give time 
to the devil. Oh, I'll never give the devil time. Yes, you do if we walk in unbelief. We're trading our life for unproductive living in unbelief. Come on, family. The truth makes us free. The truth makes us free. I was at lunch with my family today. My son says to me, Dad, slow down. Well, when you're 69 about, there's no time to slow down. We're running out of time now. The old glass is going foster, right? Anybody with hair like me, is that right? Gets foster. Doesn't get slower, gets foster. Amen. Amen. So I know the heart was, was good, but I've got to remember. I'd finish mine. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Come on, family. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so I want you to see this. Give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. If the Bible says give no place to the devil, that's saying we can give the devil place. How do you give the place to the devil? Well, you start with a little doubt. A little doubt. And you're starting to give place to the devil. If the Lord leaves us alone on this one, we'll come back and we'll unpack that. It's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. Unpack this truth right here. So when the Bible speaks of give place to the devil, giving him an opportunity. So remind yourself during the coming week that the opportunity we give him is when we move into unbelief. As soon as you allow doubt, he's getting an opportunity. As soon as you allow offence, He's getting an opportunity. As soon as you allow strife, he's got an opportunity. Come on, family. Come on. As soon as you allow unforgiveness, he's got an opportunity. What you disallow, he can't allow. You need to get that. What you disallow, he can't allow. Don't blame the devil. He's crazy, but we're more crazy if we listen to him. Amen. Is he real? You better believe it. But he doesn't have a tail. He's a spirit being. And he doesn't have a fork. Come on. He's a bit more violent than that. Amen. He's a negotiator of note. He negotiates with the church. Don't do that. If you don't do that, then I'll ease up on you. Come on. Come on, family. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. These are truths. So the new man contrasts the old life completely, which was dominated by Natural appetites. Eat too much, drink too much, smoke too much, sweat too much, 
curse too much, unforgive too much. That's, that's the, the nature of the old man. Why? Because it comes out of a spirit of disobedience. Train your children to be obedient because you're making a whip for your own back. You better hear me, church. You allow disobedience, it starts young. Jesus said, oh Jesus, the Word said, bend a tree while it's still young. Because in the world, there's a spirit of disobedience. I was coming to church today. You hear the story quite regularly. I should be a traffic officer. I'd make a fortune. I was coming to church this morning, or this evening. Was it this morning or this evening? I think it was this morning. And um, I'd look at my wife, because she's been with me that long, she should know what I'm thinking. Um, but I was doing 120 was it tonight? And I literally felt like I was standing still as he passed me on the road. What's that? Lawlessness. Where does it come from? Disobedience. The spirit of disobedience. That's what it is. It's really that simple. Um, in Ephesians 2, let's go to Ephesians 2. I just want to read this scripture just to put context Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. If you want a title for the message, put on the new man. Put on the new man. And he, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So you've got to put off something and put something on. Now that's talking when we were not born again. Okay, so you need to remember when you become born again, you have the capacity, I'll share this with you a bit later maybe, you have the capacity to be obedient. Don't tell me you couldn't help yourself. Your will, the more it is submitted to God, the stronger it gets, not the weaker. It's very important that we understand this. So what we needed, because this is what you would be saying if you say you can't say no, if you can't be obedient. What, what happens here with the unrenewed spirit, the dead spirit, is when the resurrection life of Christ comes, there's a moral resurrection of obedience. And you really need to understand this. So the devil doesn't con you. You always do things wrong. Tell him to shut his cake hole. And remind yourself, I'm born of the Spirit of God. I can be obedient. If I speed, it's not even one second and the Holy Ghost will speak to me. Very quickly. 
Why? Because I'm moving out of the protection of God. You speedsters? The angels left. You're on your own, baby. Come on. Come on. It's very, very important that we understand this. So what, what I want you to see tonight is you and I have the responsibility to put the new man on. When we made the confession of Christ to Christ and invited Him into our hearts, at that point, our spirit man is born again. Now the responsibility to live as a new man in Christ, you have the potential to live that way. But you have to align yourself with that lifestyle. It doesn't just happen. It's not going to happen. You have to align yourself with this. It's extremely important. So to help you put on, it's kind of like, um, um, in a sense, it's like sinking into a new garment. Now, when you're small in spirit, the garment feels big. Did it go over your head? What that means is you have the capacity, but you don't feel like anything's happening because you shouldn't be living by how you feel. You should live by what the Word says. So the Bible says, put on the new man, literally sinking into a garment. That new man provides the quality and ability of a life in Christ. Not stuff you don't know, but you need to remind yourself. The spirit of disobedience is always pushing back on you. But think, this is what the enemy will do to you. He'll push you right out. You're supposed to not move. <laughs> if you were a believer, if you were in the spirit, you would have known what I'm doing here. <laughs> Come on, family. I want you to think about this. We wear the new man. Now, ladies, it's not male as in gender, right? So you also put on the new she. Think about it. If there's any clothing designer here, you should have picked that up as a brand. A believer, and I want you to get this out here quickly. A believer, I don't know, this clock really goes quickly. A believer has, when, when you and I get born again, and this is important for us to understand because sometimes when we start out in the walk, we, we can't quantify what's always happening. But what I want you to understand is when you are born again, you receive newly created capacity for obedience. You must understand that. You must understand that. Now remember, Leto didn't play the game properly, but the idea was that the enemy pushes, you just push back on obedience. 
He pushes, you push back harder. Remember, he's a defeated foe. It's easy in this environment. But when you get out there, then you've got to be able to stand. And what I want you to see tonight is you have the capacity to stand. That's what's so important. Even if you don't know all the Scriptures yet, if you read, if you read Mark 16, the Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There is no prerequisite for age or time of salvation. It simply says you lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And um, when I was still very young in the Lord, a matter of a few weeks old, I landed up having and facing a situation where I had to cast out from a medium. You know what a medium is? Do you all know what a medium is? Okay. Where that transpired and there was nobody else but me. I was it with Jesus. That's it. There wasn't anybody else. So God used me. Around, I mean. Of course, there were other people in the house. I mean, in the, in the church. But there wasn't anybody at that particular time there. And that's where I learned that it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. That as a young believer, I had the capacity in Christ to cast out demons. And when I'm talking about, this is not a, this wasn't a five minute cast out. This was a long time. Okay. And I didn't know all the words to ask and tell. and I didn't know all those things. But the grace of God and the new life of Christ in me, that devil knew it. I didn't understand it, but he did. And eventually he got out of the place. Can you see what I'm saying? And so I want you to see that a believer has a newly created capacity for a lifestyle of obedience in Holy Ghost power. You are supposed to command and disallow. Or disallow and then command, whichever way you are led that day. Ephesians 2.10, let's go there. Let's look at this. Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Can you see? So that affirms what I've just said, that as a believer, a new believer, you have a created capacity by God to act in obedience. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Is that what the Bible says? Okay. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And this status in Christ never goes away. It's not work sometimes and other times it doesn't. But you and I have to daily put on the new man. You know, when we were at Bible school, we were taught, they went through the process of pick up your armour, pick up your shield, pick up your sword. 
daily, put on because you're going into a war. And you and I and you and I are supposed to live perpetually in victory. So let's look at what did we say? Ephesians 2:10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, when we don't agree with that, we're resisting truth. Let me read it again and put it in the first person. For you are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now watch this. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're not trying to walk in good works. We should be walking in good works. These were prepared beforehand. See? So what are we talking about? Well, that workmanship signifies something that has been manufactured. I mean, I'm trying to bring it down to the simplest thing. Emphasizing God as a master designer. I want you to look at your face tonight. Put your hand as a mirror in front of you and say, I'm the workmanship. Come on, family. I'm the workmanship of Christ. Come on. I don't know what you're going to face this week, but whatever you're going to face this week, you've got to come out by Friday in victory. Now don't battle from Monday to Friday. Come on, because it might hit you on Monday. Be ready. Be ready. You have been designed by God, listen, for battle. If there wasn't going to be a fall, why did Jesus get prepared before the foundation of the earth? He knew for a very long time before He came. Well, according to the scholars, 4,000 years from the Garden of Eden to Calvary. He was waiting to come. For what? To help you and I put on the new man. To enforce a lifestyle that God had prepared before the foundation of the earth. Come on, family. It's just, it's just, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. So this workmanship renovates the old character and brings about the new character. So don't just be in a hurry to do things because you need to know that your character has been refined and that you won't pull back when you step out. The most dangerous thing a believer can do is act in excited faith. Because once they've stepped out in excited faith, and they draw back, it's very hard to go again. Because they remember now, and the devil doesn't let them stop remembering. Do you remember last time? I clapped you one. Do you remember? And you ran away. Come on, family. This is Bible. This, this is what it is. 
So in the Lord, in that aspect of being the workmanship of God, what happens is our life is ushered in to a place of divine order. Been serving the Lord for 40 years. He's still working on patience with me. Did you hear what I said? I know your patience is developed. Mine isn't. That's why after lunch I said, let's go. (laughs) Are you with me, family? So depending on the value we give to putting on the new life in Christ will determine the usefulness of that statement to us and the value it will play in our life. See, as a man thinks, so is he. If you think you're ugly, you will see yourself ugly. I'm not talking about pride here. I'm saying there wasn't another face. You're it. That's why you got it. So appreciate it. And live in contentment in who you are in Christ Jesus. Come on, family. It's just so important. So, Our responsibility is to lay down the old man. We have to do that. God has done what, when we accepted Jesus and the blood of Jesus washed away all sin, we then have to take the next step. And that is to lay down the old man. So if you suffer from anger, when the circumstances are right, it'll manifest. You've got to put it down. Because the Bible says, the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. If I get around that little demon of anger, that's the first scripture that comes up in my heart. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And then the war's on between the soul realm and the spirit, who's going to win? Hello? Spirit has the capacity to win. And then you can go one step further by renewing your mind so that your mind gets in line with what God's Word says and you align yourself in those things. Now, as you begin to lay down the old man, you're going to get buffeted. Do you know what buffet? Come here, brother. <laughs> this time you do nothing. Okay. So buffeted is that. <laughs> that I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to, but I've got to get them. Are you with me? There's a constant on you, pushing, pushing, until you lose your cool and you move out. <laughs> Good man. Maybe I can get you a spot on Broadway. <laughs> as soon as you lose your core, your, your cool, your condemnation's going to hit you. 
These are simple truths. As you try and lay down the old man and the appetites, if it's chocolate you like and you want to lay it down, everywhere you go, you'll smell chocolate. Even though it's half a kilometre away, you'll smell it because he'll make sure he wants to keep you in the hook. Come on, family. I talk from experience. I used to have a barrel. Do you remember my barrel, Clinton? I used to have a barrel. It was about this big. It was stuffed with chocolates. And it never got below half. I'd top it up straight away. I used to drink tea excessively. Cups and cups and cups. And one day, the Lord said to me, self-control, son. What's wrong with tea? Nothing. It's about what's happening in the realm of the Spirit. Hello. Appetite out of control. Are eight to nine cups of tea necessary to the tea drinkers? Oh my God. Come on. Come on. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with the tea. It's the ability to say, no, I don't need it. Hello. Amen. So our responsibility is to lay down the old man, but you're likely to be buffeted by old man appetites, which only leave you as you agree to let them go. You have to agree, not me. Don't come up here and say, please pray for my lust. I can do that. But if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit of self-control when you walk out that door, it'll be back. Can you see? And so that's why the Lord's bringing these things to us, to put on the new man, to understand we have the ability whatever God wants to do. But perhaps more importantly, that when we put on the new man, we start living beyond ourselves. And I think that's extremely important. I think the church often fails to live beyond themselves. You know, sometimes when, and don't get into condemnation while you're learning. When you first hear about faith, and then you want to believe for everything for yourself because you have nothing. I understand that, and so does God. But we've got to get to a stage where as we put on that new man and those abilities that God has given us is to bring life to people who don't know. It's not just about us. Amen, family? So as you go into the world this week, remember, you are in dominion. Now, for goodness sake, don't be fearful to say that because there are many times when young believers say that, he goes, really, I'll be at your house later. Be careful, I'm spitting and that's anointed. 
If I'm not blowing, I'm spitting, brother. <laughs> Amen. Can you hear, family? It's just so important. So I want you to think we're about to enter October. And I will always come around at this time of the year and address what does 24 look like for you? Will it be the same of what you've had? Now, you'll hear me say this in the weeks to come. Will it be the same or will it be different? And if it's going to be different, my son asked me, um, I think it was today or yesterday, well, certainly yesterday. I only got back on Friday, so it was either Friday. I don't think he asked me when I landed. No. Um, it must have been yesterday or today. He said to me, Dad, what about ATG? You know what ATG is? Okay, you don't want to do it. It's, a, it's an exercise program that you, that you can do in your bedroom. And I actually said to him, I said, funny that you should ask because it's the very thing that I've been thinking about. You see, because if I don't keep this temple. I'm not talking about walking around looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm talking about if I don't look after this temple, it will leave this earth. And I will not fulfill my time on the earth. There are many pastors that have died before their time. And things have not happened in the earth because they weren't here. Hello? Well, God just raised up. No, it's not as simple as that. God will still get His work done. But we may have left if they had just looked after their bodies. We would have got the harvest done by now. But through the generations of disobedience, men don't do what they should do. And so we're still hanging on, waiting for Jesus. Because He's coming. But He understands eternal damnation. He understands the magnitude of it. And the love of God is delaying things so that He can get people in the earth into church, get them born again, get them ready for heaven. But if we are not doing what we should be doing, we're delaying the coming of the King. You see, God is not going to have on block 4A in heaven empty beds. There will be no empty beds. There will be no houses to rent. They will all be full. Come on. You don't think God's going to go, oh my goodness. Jesus, we blew at this one. I mean, that whole section of heaven is empty. There's nobody here. He's not going to do that. Right? Come on, family. It's so important. Amen? Amen. So 24 is shouting at you. I'm coming. That's 24 talking to you. Listen. I wouldn't embarrass you, but how many of you are not much further than they were when you started out in 23? Spiritually, mentally, socially, physically, financially. How many of you are in a worse financial position than when you were at the beginning of 23? Because that's an indictment on the Word of God. We should never be there because of the truth 
that God's Word brings to our lives. You know what I'm saying, Finn? Every Sunday, these two in the front faithfully bring a message on finance. Now, if we choose not to hear, that's not their fault. If we choose to disregard, that's our fault. Amen. And so that's my exhortation for you tonight. Do what the Word says. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. Put on the new man.